Welcome to Terra Talks, where we talk about all things real estate. In each episode, we'll tackle current trends and topics of interest, both locally and regionally. However, or wherever you decide to tune in, you're not going to want to miss this. Welcome to Terra Talks. My name is Brian Puckering, a senior valuer. And today's guest is Vicky Telford, an architect with more than 20 years of experience in the Caribbean in both residential and commercial properties. Welcome, Vicky. Thank you for having me, Brian. How are you today? Good. I'm good. Yeah? Yeah. Good. So far, so good. Good. I'd like to hear that. So what does an architect do? Lots and lots and lots and lots of things. Um, we are typically engaged to assist a client realize their desire okay. architecturally. So we bring our expertise to their desire, their wish list. Okay. Um, so if I've got a plot of land and I want to design something, but I'm not sure what I want to design, I just know I want a house. I come to you and I say, I don't know, 3,000 square feet, 1,500 square feet. What can you help me with or what should you or should I bring to you to get the process started? Initially, your all your thoughts and all your information. Okay. Um, sometimes clients hold back and we need all the information. What your thoughts are, what your plans are, who it's for. Is it for you? Is it for your family? Are you renting it? Um, most importantly, what's your budget? Okay. And that's where you should start with your budget, not necessarily the plot of land or whether you want this style or that style or that square footage, or, but your budget, because you can only do what you're able to do. Right. Um, and if your budget is limitless, then make sure you have your all your desires down so we can then go from there. Limitless budget. What does that look like? Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Most people have a budget, okay. even if it's a sizable budget. Most people have a budget. Okay. We want a house design. What outputs would you give me so that I can visualize the prospective house? Well, you'd initially tell me what you're looking for, which would be your brief. That's what you give to the architect. And based on that brief, it's for residential um for example, you'd let me know how many bedrooms, how many kitchens, how many garages, how many everything. Mm -hmm. And then an idea of how you want it to look and feel, and most importantly, how you live. Interesting. Explain that part, how you live. Well, people live differently in that some people live in a very closed environment with windows closed, doors closed. They spend a lot of time in their bedroom, and other people live with a house that's wide open okay doors and windows are always open they're never in a bedroom except to sleep they're always on a patio they eat on their patio so they live in their living space their kitchen they entertain in their kitchen mm -hmm. that kind of thing as opposed to a more closed private living okay. style okay yeah good to know yeah so then you cater to that somebody who lives very in a very open environment they'd have maybe a big patio or maybe a big living room and their bedrooms, they may then have smaller bedrooms. Whereas mm. somebody who spends a lot of time in bedrooms or music rooms or whatever, then 
they might spend their funds in those areas and have a small patio or no patio. I didn't think that was a thing. Yeah. I didn't take that into consideration. It's good to know. Yeah, down to bathrooms and how people live, how they function, how they shower, how they eat. You cater to those very intimate details of people's lives for their homes, okay. which is very different from commercial. How does it differ from commercial? I think exactly that for me. A resident, a, a client, a couple, a family, what they want is very personal to them. Mm-hmm. Um, and it can be private. Yeah. And so how that relates to a corporate environment or a commercial building where it might be an organization or a board that is making the decisions and you're fulfilling, you know, functional spaces. I need 10 staff, three private offices. These ones need to relate to those ones. Go. Are there any standards, regulations that, I, the client, may have to know, or do you take responsibility uh, as the architect in guiding me accordingly? Uh, Both. Um, So the client needs to know information about their property. So they have to have their plot plan, their title deeds. They need to have their covenants, if there are any, that are related to that property. But in terms of the development side, that's at the architect. So fulfilling planning requirements, um, environmental protection department, coastal, national standards, accessibility standards, all the standards. Okay. Yeah. So all that technical information, that's at us. Okay. Quite often we hear of challenges with town and country planning. Um, there's either back and forth, approvals, denials. Guide us through that process a little bit. It can vary depending on what you're submitting. But typically, the architect will prepare the design after we've had all the back and forth with you to get to a point where you're satisfied with the design. And it is, again, us lending our design expertise to what you would like. So once we have that final design in place, we'll submit it to town planning. Um, They have a certain amount of drawings and specifications that they ask for or mm-hmm. specific drawings um, to certain scales, certain um, information needs to be on them, setbacks from road reserves, all that kind of information, drainage, all of that. So we'll submit that and typically it should take about three months. Okay, That's what they indicate it's supposed to take. Um, recently they've been fulfilling that promise, but it depends as well on as the on the complexity of the project. So, or it appears that way. If there's a lot more, like if they have to send it to four different departments for comment. So they send it to environmental for comment, coastal for comment, um, MTW for comment. Um, And depending on those comments and the speed that those are coming back with, then they can finalize their decision and send it to you. Approvals are always good. Yes. I'm not sure if it's refusals or denials or referrals, so to speak. Refusals, they're called. (laughs) Refusals, okay. If I get a refusal, can I challenge it? Is there a process? There is a process. So you can um, ask for a further review, Mm -hmm. and it can be sent to uh, a panel, and they'll review it if they determine that, you know, it's... um, 
worthy of exploring a little further in that regard. They may look at it themselves, um, but typically once they've made a decision, they will not go back on their decision. Okay. Yeah. So you probably but have you to redesign it or something like that. Yeah. You'd have okay. to, I, not necessarily redesign the whole thing, but maybe redesign it to meet what it is that they have an issue with, whether it's contextual, whether it's um, uh, bulk on the land, whether whatever their position is. They really, they're, their concerns should typically be related to planning matters okay. and planning parameters, but it can vary. Okay. So you never quite know what's coming. <laughs> <laughs> Design trends. What is going on in the market today? What design trends are you seeing? Is it a mix of old world versus new, modern designs, classical design, traditional Barbadian homes? What are you seeing? All of the above, but I would say, so the, you know, an older client tends to know what they know and what they like, and they'll go with more traditional or what we call Barbadiana, mm -hmm. you know, a tropical style. Um, the younger um, generation, I would say, is definitely tending to more modern, clean, minimal lines and living. So... Um, not gone are the days, but I think that people aren't as about collecting a whole lot of stuff anymore. Mm -hmm. They're having very minimal environments, minimal shelving, you know, maybe just one table or one credenza and then one piece of um, furniture, a furnishing on it or so on. Whereas before, it was a lot more cluttered for want of a better word so not negatively cluttered just mm -hmm. you know and that suited that particular design or that particular family but clean lines and modern and minimal um styles are definitely what's trending i find would you say that's why we're seeing more concrete flat roofs as opposed to pitch roofs nowadays for most houses because it does seem to be out there now that yeah. this is a style that we're seeing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That comes with the, the, the modern style um, somewhat, but it also has good functionality. In other words, um, you can get a leak through a, a, a concrete roof, and lots of people think that concrete roofs don't leak, don't leak but they do, <laughs> um, and they require maintenance, just yep. like um, a pitched roof. The gutters are just arranged differently or designed differently, but they all need maintenance. They all need to be cleaned and cleared and so on. But, yeah, I think that's where they're headed with those flat roofs and how they, um, you know, design them into the overall modern style structure. Do you also think that there is a consideration for changing climate in terms of we're seeing bigger, stronger hurricanes? Is that one of the factors that's coming in as well or not? Yes, where a client can manage it. I mean, the architects would always recommend it and remind the client of it and de design towards it. But a client with, a, you know, a modest budget is not going to design for a Cat 5 hurricane. It's fair. Yeah. They just can't. They, you know, wouldn't be able to afford a lot of the um, materials and internal you know the infrastructure that would be required mm -hmm. um same for greening you know we encourage people to take the environment into consideration but 
you know, to put in the extra portable tank and the extra storage here. And, you know, they're like, how much? <laughs> oh, no, you can hold on to that one. Or some totally embrace it and they're like, let's go green. I want to make sure that I am recycling my water. I want to make sure that I am collecting the sun and using it for energy and water. And so depends on the client and depends on the budget for sure. Okay. How would you select an architect? What things should I consider when approaching architects and selecting an architect to work on my home for me? I think you can, doing a little research is good, um, but I definitely think when it boils down, there's so much involved in the chemistry. Mm. That's what I've come to realize. So I always meet my clients first so they can get to know me and I can get to know them. Um, you're working, it's not transactional. Right. You're working with that client for, could be a year, could be two, could be five. Wow. Yep. Depending on the project, depending on the approval process, like for um, commercial proper project where there's a board that you're dealing with, it can be a lot more drawn out. Everybody has an opinion. It can take longer. Mm -hmm. And so you're on the project for often a very long time. So it's usually beneficial to have a good working relationship. Plus, people do business with who they know and who they trust. Yeah. So it's best that you get your client gets to know you so that they can trust you and that you're understanding them and actually really feeling what it is that they would like so that you can then incorporate that into your design that you're giving them. The best design that you can give architecturally but meeting their needs. So they should look at that. They should look at, um, like there's some architects who have a particular style. Okay. And if an architect has that particular style and it works for you, awesome. It may not. And if that's not the style that you want, fine. You find somebody else or you go with an architect who is flexible and they can respond to a modern need or, um, tropical need or contemporary need or you yeah. know older styles okay what challenges have you encountered in dealing with clients town planning just going through the whole process just so the our clients can understand what they could face possibly um challenges it's a good question um I would say on the residential front, um, you can have a challenge where you find yourself um, counseling a family. And um, I know that's weird, right? Um, because everybody is different. And so the husband, let's say, may his focus may be on the TV room, the music room, mm -hmm. whereas the wife's focus is on the kitchen or the patio or the living space or her sewing environment or whatever, or her workshop, whatever it is. And so as you try to bring all those elements together, there can be clashes. And so you can find yourself counseling people through that because it's a very intimate process. Yeah. And... Um, and then there's budget and there's pressure and there's a mortgage and, you know, so sometimes you have to 
help them get through that process. Um, there's also disappointment where they thought they could do three or four stories and then you have to say, well, no, town planning doesn't allow that. Or um, they thought they could get a whole lot more for their budget, but they can't. And there, there are always pros and cons. Um, Commercial-wise, I would say um, sometimes dealing with a board can be challenging. Again, you're going to have different personalities and different opinions. Um, and sometimes that process and that back and forth can take a while. And that can be frustrating to them as well as to the architect or the design team. Um, another frustration I would say for the client um, can be really, I don't think anybody really understands what we do and how long it takes. Yeah. And sometimes, and the process, and even though you verbalize it to a client, they may not quite understand it until they are feeling it. Mm, okay. So you can explain to them, I'm going to do the design and then I'm going to send it to the structural engineer. I'm going to send it to the mechanical engineer, mechanical and electrical. When they're finished doing everything, we're going to send it to the quantity surveyor and they're going to price it. And then so that you have an idea of the, the cost. And then we're going to send it to a contractor, three contractors, six contractors. Um, and it can take a while. It can really take a while. And they can't feel it because it's happening in the consultant's offices. True. So it's only after a month or two months that then they're called in to see the stage of the project and where you are. And that waiting process can be difficult for them. I get that. Boy, we're scrambling and we're doing a lot in our offices <laughs> yeah. and coordinating. There's a lot of coordination that needs to happen between the different disciplines. So, and for any project. And then you send it to the contractor and there are times you send a project out to tender to get multiple prices. Mm -hmm. And uh, you send it to four contractors and you are you give everybody a month. And after a month, you get back two. Wow. You don't want to because that's not enough for you to do you know, a fair comparison. Mm -hmm. So you might have to start the process again. Very frustrating to a client. But a contractor may not have told you that he's stretched, he's overwhelmed, or his QS just didn't get the drawings back to him in time. Mm -hmm. And so there are disappointments along the way. So it's challenging walking the clients through that so they are remaining patient and understanding because they may think you're being, you know, callous or flippant because you've been doing it so long and you just know that person needs a long time. But you have to just, you know help them through it and understand and sometimes bring them in and show them the stage you're at. Okay. Yeah. Following on from contractors, now we've seen inflation's had a significant impact in construction costs. How does that impact somebody's design as well as their budget when it comes to what you do for them? It's a big deal. It's a big deal right now, especially, I mean, because prices are like a ECG yeah. machine. They're up and down and all around and it's really difficult for everyone it's difficult for us designing because we design to x budget roughly and then um steel goes up <laughs> and it can throw a project not off but up <laughs> yeah. significantly so where a client can manage an extra ten thousand 
or sixty thousand or hundred and fifty thousand dollars onto a project because the price has changed. And it may be inflation, it may be shipping, it may be availability. There's so many factors that are price affecting the price of a project now. So I mean I feel badly for us the designers, all the consultants, the clients, the contractors, because oftentimes the contractors are held to a fixed price contract. Yeah. So here are the drawings, you review them, you measure them, and you give me a fixed price. And if that price is $10 million, that's what I'm holding you to. And then steel goes up and something's not available and shipping stuck wherever and no containers are coming from. And it's no one's fault, but it affects the client the most. And that's the hard part. And you're holding that client's hand through this process. Because I would, that's another one of our roles to hold, hold the client's hand, really. Some people are very um, savvy in the whole construction world and they've done two and three and four projects or many. And some, this is literally their very first. They, they have no clue. They've heard all the challenges, they've heard all the bad stories, but they don't have a clue. And you have to walk them through all those ups and downs, disappointments, challenges, changes in time, delays, prices. It's a lot. Okay. What do you consider to be your favorite project that you've done and why? I have a few. Um, I don't know if I have one per se. The diabetes center that I did, um, which was the Maria Holder Diabetes Center, the Caribbean. And that was a great project for... Um, opening my eyes to the world of diabetes mm. and diabetics and um, and their needs and their challenges and their side, the personal side, as well as the medical side and bringing those together, what's required for the project in technically, medically, and just them in terms of their day-to-day -day living and their diet and so on. So... You became very, um, again, that was another project that was maybe five years. We had to deal with starting the project with benefactors and that process and putting the business plan together before we even got to design, really. Um, there's a whole process, and you can be involved in that, guiding and advising the client in terms of just square footage and, you know, some general information before you start designing. But... Um, so I found that very fulfilling in that regard and knowing that the project was then going to help, you know, diabetics, not only in Barbados locally, but regionally. Mm -hmm. So that was good for that regard, in okay. that regard. Do you want to let our audience know how they can reach? Yes, Vicky Telford Architects. Um, my email would be architect. A-R-C-H-I-T-E-C-T at vtabarbados.com or um, on the web, which is www.vtabarbados.com or same handle for Instagram and Facebook, Vicky Telford Architects. Ladies and gentlemen, Vicky Telford, thank you very much. That's been another episode of Terra Talks. Thank you for joining us. This episode was filmed on location at the Sanzaru Villa in Sandaline. Sanziru is a gorgeous 11-bedroom villa and perfect for the luxurious holiday getaway you've been planning. Click the link below for more information from our sister company, Blue Sky Luxury.